Well, hello everyone. This is Data Driven Formula One with Patrick Hans and Gana Pogrebna. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Gana. Hello, all. And today we're talking about the Brumbilla brothers. Exactly. Already our second episode about uh, brothers, as we did one in the past about the Rodriguez brothers, which have a slight connection, by the way, also to the Brambilla brothers. We will see later. So I guess it will be a quite fun episode, uh, uh, even if we don't speak here about uh, drivers who became champion. Uh, uh, both of them are still uh, have a big place, especially uh, for Italian uh, fans so i think it will be a quite interesting and uh, fun episode yeah yeah looking forward to it <laughs> let's get to it <laughs> let's so let's get it started uh, two brothers we will start uh, with the uh, older one uh, with uh, tino brambilla or mm -hmm. also uh, ernesto tino brambilla as his uh, full name uh, was he was born uh, january 31 1934 Uh, in Monza, so directly at the racetrack, uh, as uh, both brothers uh, who not have been born, but practically uh, lived their whole uh, life there. Uh, so before their career, while they're having their career and after career, not as uh, today where at one point uh, drivers are moving out of their country to move closer to the team or let's say moving to Monaco for tax reasons. Here we really speak about local uh, Monza drivers, which make them again uh, unique. Yeah, I'm just um, also kind of uh, looked up and double checked that uh, you know he uh, he lived a very long life, right? So it's uh, yep. he only just passed away last year. I'm hoping that not as a result of uh, coronavirus, uh, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, I think not. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, but as far as I know, uh, um, Vittorio's uh, son died uh, earlier this year, unfortunately, due to COVID, Carlos, mm -hmm. if I'm uh, right. But I think uh, Tino, uh, not. Okay, wow, yeah, that's a long life. Um, 86 years old, yeah, when he, when he passed away, which is quite unusual, I guess, for... Uh, Uh, racing career or generally for people who are in Formula One, they tend to die younger. Well, some of them, let's just say. Yeah. Um, especially the ones who participated in earlier um, Grand Prix. So, yeah. Exactly. And uh, also, if we consider that uh, both had uh, quite aggressive uh, racing style, so a lot of people would have thought they wouldn't uh, uh, become old as they practically always drove at the limit, maybe a Vittoria even more than uh, Tino. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well. And uh, I mean, quite uh, typical, but not typical, but at least uh, relatively common. Uh, also the Brambilla um, brothers started uh, with uh, motorcycles. So uh, also Tino, uh, He first, for example, finished 10th in the uh, 350 uh, uh, centimeter motorcycle season. And then later he continued in 61, becoming a sixth uh, in the same uh, class before he uh, finished uh, to uh, four wheels. So a relatively uh, typical uh, career uh, for Formula One uh, drivers. Uh, 
maybe also especially in Italy where motorcycling uh, has a strong um, importance in uh, in motorsports in, in general, maybe more than let's say in uh, here in uh, Germany or other countries and this uh, up to today. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting because uh, you know, in uh, in 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 the early days, a bit like between 1950s and 1970s, uh, we saw quite a few drivers uh, coming from motorcycling. Uh, yeah. And but I think now it became it became a lot more specialized. So people who started motorcycling yes. kind of continue in motorcycling, and I guess earlier it was. Um, um also a nice uh, nice transition between motorcycling and racing car racing because uh, obviously it's uh, slightly easier and slightly cheaper to to get into motorcycling first and then transfer to 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 car racing but um at the same time you know you know you, you are gaining necessary racing experience which is really valuable when you become a, a formula 1 driver but uh, yeah, we don't observe that trend anymore, which is uh, which is interesting. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm wondering why why that is. I guess maybe sponsorships de sponsorship deals and you know other things like more business like things intervene yeah. with uh, the sporting career. So maybe that's uh, the reason why uh, we don't see the same trend anymore. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you have a good point, and uh, maybe this is also aligned a little bit uh, due to their family. Uh, their parents uh, had a little uh, workshop uh, near uh, in Monza, near the racetrack, so they uh, both have been uh, grown up as, let's say, as uh, mechanics, so they not only uh, raced their machines, their motorcycles, uh, or their uh, race cars, but they still had been uh, like their own uh, chief mechanic, uh, uh, so quite uh, old school. Uh, and uh, so, as I said, it uh, may be cheaper uh, first to buy a motorcycle uh, than to buy a race car or uh, even get a sponsor for more, um, motorcycle racing uh, than uh, for Formula 3, 2 or Formula 1. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also um, here, uh, the, uh, it was an accident uh, which uh, changed uh, the opinion of Tino. And this was the reason why he may have switched from motorcycle to Formula uh, 3. He was uh, doing uh, quite uh, successful uh, quite uh, early in his uh, stage. He became the Italian Formula 3 uh, champion in 1963. Uh, later, at, and at that time, we have here in Europe the Formula 2 uh, Championship. So uh, from uh, the national uh, F3, he changed to the European one. And um, then he became, uh, in 68, the champion of uh, Formula 2. Uh, after, and he, no, sorry, he was not the champion. He became in as the third after uh, Jean-Pierre Beltois and Henry Pescarola, so quite famous name. Uh, he stayed uh, one year longer and uh, became eight. And uh, at both uh, years, uh, he drove there already for the uh, Scuderia Ferrari, uh, who, similar uh, as today, already uh, also uh, supported Formula 2 to see which could be their future uh, drivers. Mm -hmm. In uh, 1963, uh, he participated in, uh, started to participate in uh, Formula One, uh, first with uh, Cooper Maserati at his uh, home Grand Prix 
Monza. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he not didn't manage to, to qualify uh, really for the race. Um, later uh, in the 60s, he started uh, directly for uh, Ferrari. At least uh, uh, he tried to, to because uh, he he never really started in the race, but um, after the qualification, it was uh, already uh, the end uh, for him. Um, and not only, uh, not only, not mostly related uh, maybe to missing uh, talent, but uh, yet uh, the opportunity to start. But unfortunately, before the Monster Grand Prix, as he was still uh, driving in parallel uh, motorcycle, he had an accident. And uh, due to this was strongly handicapped. Uh, he qualified for the race, for the Sunday race as uh, 15. Not, not a perfect position, but let's say he qualified. Uh, but uh, also due to his uh, accident, uh, Ferrari decided that he has to give his car to Pedro Rodrigo. Uh, um, and uh, he participated and uh, he came in as uh, sixth uh, using uh, Brambilla's uh, car. So again, here we have the uh, small connection to the uh, Rodriguez brothers. Yeah, and then if, you, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, you can see the picture where actually mm -hmm. there is uh, Pedro Rodriguez and, uh, and, and, and Tina Brambilla in the same photo. And that's yeah. uh, precisely that uh, the nineteen uh, the, the the this nineteen sixty nine right uh, 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 race where you know we have um, Pedro Rodriguez participating instead of uh, uh, Tino Brambilla. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but let's say so. In general, uh, Ferrari uh, saw uh, the talent because he was uh, part of the Scuderia. But let's say he, somehow he was uh, at the wrong time, at the wrong place, meaning he had unfortunately this uh, motorcycle accident. Uh, who knows how uh, his career would have uh, continued uh, if he wouldn't have had this accident, if he could have started uh, in Monza. But yeah, you never know. Yeah, well, it's also... Um... Well, it also kind of tells you that uh, probably multitasking in uh, in in such uh, um, in such areas as Formula One and motorcycling racing is probably is probably not working for all people. Um, yeah. There are some there are some notable exceptions, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's relatively uh, it's it's very challenging uh, task to actually excel in motorcycling and at the same time excel in 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 uh, racing so i guess yeah it's a good um good example of why probably there should be some concentration on just yeah. one of these uh, areas yeah yeah it reminds me a little bit to michael schumacher uh, you remember he already retired uh, as driver from Ferrari, but was still mm -hmm. part of the team as a more consulting role. Uh, I think it was uh, Ruben Barrichello who had an accident and uh, Michael Schumacher was already testing the Ferrari. Uh, it was practically decided that he would, uh, after maybe two years, to start again racing for Ferrari. But uh, he was at that time um, driving a motorcycle uh, at racing events, had an accident, 
slight accident, but uh, he was not uh, fit to drive the car. So it was practically decided uh, already at the race weekend that uh, he could not start uh, for Ferrari uh, again. So a, a little bit similar, even if it was, of course, already uh, right at practically at uh, Michael Schumacher's uh, end of career. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are all these kind of uh, incidental things that, you know, people have at high, you, you know, people have these accidents at high speeds and uh, mm -hmm. naturally then it prevents them from participating in other events with even higher speeds. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, so I think it's, uh, it, well, it's quite characteristic uh, of the time, you know, when, you know, people were trying to combine the two. I think now it's basically impossible to combine the two. At least yeah. I don't know of anyone who, who would be like seriously racing at the top of motorcycling events and, uh, uh, you know, formula events, but, um, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I guess, I, yeah. I guess. Maybe I guess. the last one who switched from motorcycling uh, to formula one was, um, Damon Hill. Yeah. Yeah. And but after the, this, yeah, yeah, but now I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not basically practical to 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 no. race in motorcycling events and in Formula One no. events because the testing probably takes the entire time. Uh, you know, you wouldn't have time <laughs> to to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could uh, uh, in parallel. Today, uh, to do something besides Formula One, uh, it's not practical. I mean, we have much more races. And besides this, uh, the Formula One driver of today uh, has to be much more fit than still in the 70s. Uh, besides this, you know, you have all the marketing events. So doing something regularly besides Formula One is not possible. I mean, the only exception may be one start uh, at the 24 hours of Le Mans, but also this quite difficult to get uh, into your schedule. As you remember, uh, Alonso uh, drove uh, in, in the last years at the Indianapolis 500. And to do this, he had to skip uh, also a race in Formula One. So really do, doing something like motorcycle championship besides Formula One uh, today due to schedule is not possible anymore. With this, let's uh, have uh, a look uh, what kind of machines uh, he drove. So he started uh, first in 1963 uh, with a private uh, Cooper Maserati, Maserati. T53 mm -hmm. uh, as part of the Scuderia Centro suit. And after this, uh, he had been two years in Formula 2, driving the Ferrari Dino 166 in the Formula 2 version and 69. He had his uh, shot uh, with the Ferrari 312, uh, but unfortunately he had a problem with the accident. So he qualified for Monza, but then uh, had to uh, hand over the car to Pedro uh, Rodriguez, what he professionally did, as we saw uh, in the photo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I, I do like the, the Cooper Maserati. Well, uh, generally Maserati cars were really pretty, I think. And uh, yeah. yeah, 1963 Cooper Maserati, definitely one of them. So yeah, <laughs> it's nice to see these cars again. Yeah, in, in fact, it was uh, the Cooper uh, Maserati's 
so uh, but it was the Cooper car having uh, mm-hmm. in the back the Maserati uh, engine quite engine. interesting yeah, yeah. construction that's right that's right mm-hmm. okay and with this we come uh, to his younger brother uh, and I think in, uh, related to Formula One also the more more famous one uh, Vittorio Brabiglia so he also uh, well he also So, of course, uh, raced in Formula One uh, for various uh, teams. Uh, most famous, uh, of course, uh, for March, where he also uh, achieved his uh, only uh, victory. Uh, later on, uh, he changed to Sotis. And uh, after a break, uh, due to uh, accident, uh, he uh, started uh, for Alfa Romeo, uh, first in sports car racing. And after this, uh, something like a test test driver, engineer, uh, driving engineer, uh, he returned for some races to Formula One. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got uh, famously the uh, nickname, uh, the Monza uh, Gorilla. Uh, this uh, may be based on his uh, outer experience, which is not, not looking as the typical uh, slim Formula One driver, but uh, as I say, he looked uh, more like a boxer. And uh, and this may be related uh, to his behavior. He was always waving with his arms uh, a lot, uh, especially uh, we will come to this after he won uh, Austria in 75. So that was his uh, nickname. But besides this, uh, I mean, besides this, like Timo, he was a quite uh, aggressive uh, in uh, as driver, but uh, besides this, very uh, friendly and nice person. So a, a fan uh, favorite, you may say. Yeah, I mean, uh, there is, uh, uh, there is uh, quite a lot of footage of Vittoria Brambilla, <laughs> Brambilla and uh, yeah, indeed a very expressive, I guess, uh, style <laughs> on, on in all directions. And yeah, so, yes. uh, so definitely a very interesting character. And um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, I think a lot of people are confused uh, because I think that he drove, he drove for Ferrari rather than uh, Al- Al- Alfa Romeo because uh, even I, uh, you know, when in, in kind of in preparation for this uh, um, f- f- for this episode, I found uh, a, uh, his picture with Enzo Ferrari and uh, yeah. some footage as well. So, yeah, I think a lot of people get confused, uh, kind of they confuse, I guess, the two brothers because somehow, you know, they 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 forget that that Vittorio actually didn't didn't drive for Ferrari. Yes, and uh, we will discuss this also. I mean, of course, as Italian. Uh, he would have loved to Ferrari and uh, he even directly asked uh, Enzo, but um, maybe uh, he was uh, active at the wrong time because uh, Ferrari already had uh, his drivers. uh, So there was no um, place for him inside uh, the team. Yes, that's right. And and also we discussed previously that uh, somehow Enzo Ferrari had this stigma against uh, Italian drivers after all the accidents that, that were happening in the team and, you know, and, and the cri- exactly. criticism that he faced in Italy for that. Exactly. Uh, another point uh, which played against him, uh, maybe. Yeah, there he is. 
So, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, in the previous photo, I probably didn't understand what we meant when we said that he didn't look like a typical Formula One driver. Now you can you can look at this guy, and uh, so if you watch us on YouTube, you can see the photo, and uh, you know you can say that uh, this 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 person probably could easily play rugby, right? <laughs> so that's that's the type of uh, uh, right. so, so the kind of uh, sort of physical shape that you would expect from a rugby player rather than a Formula one driver but uh, you know he was a good driver uh, yes uh, he was and we will of course show a little bit uh, data to underline uh, that he indeed was a good um, driver and um, you see here the photo in the typical uh, orange because beta tools was his personal uh, sponsor and also to this we will come uh, a little bit later because this was of course, the perfect um, combination. Nevertheless, mm -hmm. I have a, a short look on his uh, pre-Formula 1 uh, career. Uh, career. Uh, as his brother, he started in uh, motorcycling 1957. He won the Italian national 175 uh, literal title in 58. He uh, continued racing more on a casual basis uh, throughout his uh, career had various guest uh, experience, for example, became uh, 12th uh, at the 69 Italian 500 liter motorcycle uh, Grand Prix. Um, and uh, in general, he states something like a mechanic, uh, being driver mechanic up to uh, that he, he did this uh, still driving uh, for March, but also he, uh, then uh, he's, also drove quite typical for today's drivers, uh, go-cars. Um, so after, after a time where he was not that regularly uh, active, he returned to racing in uh, 1968 uh, in Formula 3 and won the uh, Italian championship back in 1972. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he was very active in Formula 3 and Formula 2, right? So uh, exactly. especially in Formula 3, he won was a champion. So that's... Uh, uh, that doesn't seem like a, like a big achievement, but it is big because, you know, this is how you got into Formula 2 and Formula 1, ultimately, by winning first Formula 3 events. Exactly, and uh, it was a, a little bit different uh, than it's maybe uh, today, because uh, still in the beginning of the 1970s, for example, it was quite common that, uh, that events also... Uh, established Formula One drivers uh, participated in Formula Two events. So uh, I think uh, the competition maybe was even stronger than uh, today where it's mostly a one-way direction, Formula One, Formula Two, Formula One. But, but in opposite to this, we still had, uh, of course, this was the direction to enter Formula One, but still uh, Formula One drivers uh, got attractive uh, opportunities to drive in Formula Two events. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so he was uh, already uh, early on uh, related uh, to March, uh, where he drove uh, the um, Formula Two car with, uh, powered by a BMW. Uh, he had a fourth place at uh, uh, Hockenheim. Um, so he was already there uh, with, uh, with March and also already there with uh, Beta Tools. Mm -hmm. And this I mean, is I think he had a little bit of uh, sort of uh, 
preference for BMW, I think, uh, again, if you look at footage of, uh, yeah. of, of, of Vittoria Brambilla from uh, kind of ni- early 1970s, you will see a lot of BMW, BMW uh, yes. images there. And uh, yeah, I think uh, to some extent, I think it might have been, I mean, I don't know, but uh, but I think it might have been one of his favorite, you know, um, makes in a sense. So this March the BMW, but um, yeah, of course he was like, Patrick said, was dreaming about Ferrari, (laughs) but wasn't wasn't lucky enough to get a place. Yeah. Uh... Uh, another point maybe could also have been that, I mean, uh, BMW uh, is a brand which is traditionally uh, very strong also, let's say, in the uh, uh, lower categories. So if you're interested into racing, uh, also, uh, let's say, touring cars, uh, sports cars, uh, uh, BMW engine is maybe it's relatively easy uh, to, to tune up. Uh, so. It's an interesting option, uh, let's say, if you are March to enter Formula 2 or, let's say, uh, others uh, for um, uh, sports car racing. Uh, so are quite uh, good and relatively, um, I wouldn't say cheap, but let's say a less expensive option than use, uh, let's say, a Ferrari engine as comparison. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And But nevertheless, uh, mm. Uh, powerful cars uh, to to yes. race in uh, Formula Three, Formula Two events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, this uh, is this is the picture that I'm talking about. <laughs> I was talking about before. <laughs> uh, so if you're watching us on YouTube, this is the picture where you can see Anza Ferrari and Vittoria Brambilla. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so and this, this is a quite uh, famous uh, story because um, uh, here in 1973, uh, oh, not, not, not that it was, it was earlier on, uh, so uh, uh, Vittorio, as he had the opportunity uh, to meet uh, Enzo Ferrari, as on the photo, he uh, directly asked him if there's any possibility to uh, drive for the Scuderia and uh, Enzo Ferrari, uh, uh, unfortunately for him, uh, answered that uh, he's a good uh, driver, but that uh, Ferrari has already his uh, drivers together, so there wouldn't, there was no opportunity for Vittorio uh, to start uh, for this team. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, another point uh, uh, why. Um, fans up to today uh, really like uh, Victorio is that he really never, never gave uh, up. And uh, this is uh, one famous uh, story from 1972. I think it was uh, at his uh, Formula 2 career at the Nürburgring. Here, uh, Brambilla got off the track uh, on the Brünchen section uh, and had as a result uh, uh, tire damage. Nevertheless, uh, he stayed uh, in the car, he, he stayed uh, driving, he drove uh, onto the Pflanzgarten section where, uh, so he drove off uh, uh, the truck uh, where the marshals, uh, no, sorry, sorry, he drove on uh, first uh, with his broken tire, but later the marshals uh, 
got him off uh, later on at another part of the Nürburgring, the Pflanzgarten, and turned him uh, off the track because he was dangerous for mm -hmm. the other participants, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, what did Brambria? He stayed in the car. He stayed driving. Uh, so he, he first he went uh, to the parking area, but there he didn't stop. Without further ado, he drove through the open gate uh, to the uh, federal road, so the really public road, and uh, steered his Formula One to Bremen uh, and tried to go back uh, to his uh, pit on driving on public uh, streets uh, until at the Döttinger Höhe, uh, German police uh, stopped him because uh, as a Brabant Formula One two car, you're not allowed to drive on public <laughs> on roads. public roads, yes. <laughs> so this was uh, Vittorio uh, Brambilla and uh, this is really, uh, you see uh, how passionate he was. He really never gave up and this is why fans uh, loved him, of course. Yeah, I think some, uh, so at the moment, if we have some uh, Italian fans watching, they probably have some harsh words for German police. <laughs> <laughs> considering <laughs> considering all the effort, you know, you have to go, go to, in order to um, drive uh, through the roads to get back to the... Uh, to, to the uh, yeah to the racing circuit so but yeah but, maybe, uh, maybe that's the, the difference uh, maybe Italian uh, police wouldn't have stopped him uh, but maybe guarded him maybe uh, not maybe not maybe <laughs> that he did that he didn't cause uh, an accident but nevertheless oh, no. uh, you know uh, yeah we we should uh, thank. Uh, uh, the German police uh, for their kind of adherence to the rules and the fact yes. that they, uh, you know, even, even though this was an extraordinary situation, they still followed the rules in this case. Yeah, I mean, besides, it's funny, of course, uh, driving a Formula 2 a car on public road uh, is uh, dangerous as it's faster than normal cars. It's difficult uh, to spot so uh, of course it, it was very dangerous to do so okay but after this uh, he finally entered uh, from formula one and uh, on the left you see maybe uh, his most uh, famous team the march and uh, with the famous orange uh, color uh, mm -hmm. which is related to his personal sponsor beta Tools. Uh, so in the first year, uh, he joined uh, March. Uh, he teamed up uh, uh, with, uh, for example, uh, Hans-Joachim Stuck, uh, also a very uh, uh, fast driver who not really made it that far in Formula One, later went to a sports car, touring car races. Uh, but very talented. So he, but nevertheless, Brambilla was uh, as quick as him already in his uh, first year. He had good results. For example, he was fifth in the Swedish Grand Prix until uh, he faced an engine uh, problem. And unfortunately, the March was a relatively fast car. So you could be quite uh, in, in the first positions, but unfortunately, very, very uh, unreliable. So which uh, avoided that um, Brambria, let's say, could uh, grow a little bit to higher position inside the championship. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. He may still, yes. Yeah, I think I also kind of want to mention here that I think that's, so he, uh, so Vittoria Brambilla, uh, 
he strikes me as a person who is incredibly skilled because yes. we know that he was particularly good in wet conditions. And we already discussed uh, with Patrick that uh, yeah. in, wet, in wet conditions, this is where your driving ability shines because um, even when you are in inferior car, you can win the race because all cars can slow down. So it's not so much the engineering uh, genius, but rather the driving genius that comes forward. So yeah. we know that Vittorio Brambilia was very good at at, at, at wet con, in in wet conditions. Uh, so this is this and this tells us that he was a very good driver. But it also quite amazing uh, how unlucky he was. It's just uh, you know even uh, we will talk about the so the Austrian the the, the Austrian incident uh, shortly, but. Generally, if you look at it, I mean, this uh, this story that Patrick just told about him when he was kind of drawn almost all the way back to the track, but like in the last minute was caught by German police. Then, you know, his brother raced for Ferrari, but he didn't get a place for Ferrari. I mean, yeah. so like there are all, always this kind of, there is always this sequence of unfortunate events around him, <laughs> even though like, you can tell that that he's a good driver and um, he had uh, quite a few wins in wet conditions which actually uh, you know showcases his 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 driving ability but i mean yeah at the same time we, we do observe this uh, like really you know eventualities that can happen to him um, and one of them happened in Austria, and I will let Patrick tell this story, which is also very funny. I think I think that's probably the only like I haven't heard of, of like I don't remember, uh, but maybe there was another driver who did a similar thing. But I think this is the only case I remember <laughs> when this happened. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, right. It, it reminds me to one. Uh, uh, other occasion and uh, uh, I will come to it uh, hopefully I will not uh, forget it because uh, mm -hmm. we may discuss it somebody who is a little bit similar uh, to Vittorio and due to this always also became one of the fame um, the uh, favorite of the fans um, uh, but, uh, but you have a very good uh, point here I think Vittorio uh, up to the, today as a driver is uh, uh, underrated uh, maybe because of uh, his appearance uh, because of being, let's be honest, a little bit uh, crazy, uh, but uh, uh, if you see the results which he achieved uh, with uh, the March, uh, he was really a very uh, talented uh, driver. Also, what was a little bit against him and maybe also against his brother, they uh, joined Formula 1 uh, relatively in um, a higher age. Yeah, so it was that yeah, they had much right. opportunity uh, that, that uh, teams saw a lot of um, opportunity that he would grow maybe the next five years. Yeah, yeah, we discussed this, that uh, the kind of the sport uh, tended to become kind of younger and younger. If we yeah. looked at the 1950s and the average age was like mid-40s, right? And then it was 30s and then it became 20s. Now we have people at 18 or even younger racing and so on. But yeah, so this trend kind of started in 1970s, which was again, but again, I mean, this is again, unfortunate thing, you know, it's not really something that he could control. I mean, it's uh, again an, uh, uh, a trend that happened kind of in parallel. 
exactly. Uh, we are now in 1975, um, and uh, Vittorio and was already there is another funny story. <laughs> there is another funny story for you about Vittorio Brambilia. <laughs> Right, so uh, we are uh, 1975, uh, we are in Austria, uh, heavy uh, rain um, at uh, the track, and uh, due to these uh, conditions, there also had been, um, I think, a tragic uh, accident at that race uh, earlier on. Uh, we, will, we discussed this earlier in our episode about 1975, so we uh, will discuss this uh, in this special episode again. So uh, very undrivable, well, very uh, undrivable conditions, heavy rain, and due to his uh, skills, maybe also a little bit uh, due to luck, uh, Vittorio leading uh, the Grand Prix and uh, winning the Grand Prix. And uh, what happened now? First... Uh, Victory in uh, Formula One uh, for Vittorio. Uh, he was very happy. As I said, he was waving with his hands after uh, he crossed the line and he really waving with both hands. No wheels, uh, no hands on the wheel. And uh, it happened that uh, the car crashed uh, uh, against um, the fence. Um, uh, the, um, he destroyed his uh, front wing, uh, but luckily he could uh, continue driving. So he had uh, his uh, his uh, final uh, lap after crossing uh, the the line to win the race. Uh, continued uh, with his destroyed wing, driving this uh, one lap more, and very happy uh, he took the destroyed wing and uh, later uh, put it uh, on the wall of his uh, house in uh, Monza. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, quite a, quite a spectacular end to uh, really, um, yeah, so to a really, to, to, to a really tragic race, so yeah, because like, yeah. like Patrick mentioned, there was, uh, was it Mark Donahue, I think, yeah, right, yes, the American, uh, American driver. Um, yeah. I think Mark Donahue was also known by the nickname of Captain Nice. In, uh, in in Formula One, so yeah, so basically, yeah, it was um, kind of a sequence of tragic events. But I think I I cannot think of any other driver that would crash after he won. <laughs> and also, like, but also considering you know the whole sort of irony of this, uh, also to get points off as a result of it, it it's also quite extraordinary. Yeah. Um, it, um, sorry to interrupt. Um, it reminds me a little bit uh, to Nigel Menzel, yeah, which no. I think crashed in the lap before the last lap before winning the race or something like this. He mm. was, I mean, he, I think he was leading uh, Ayrton Senna and he had so much uh, advantage that uh, he already was celebrating uh, the fans, waving to the fans, and I'm not sure if he just was too slow or also crashed a little bit and lost the race. Mm -hmm. And and uh, quite ironically, I mean, if I would think of somebody uh, maybe a little bit similar to Vittorio, I, it would be somebody as Nigel Menzel, who also never gave up, uh, also his physical appearance uh, was uh, a little bit more uh, similar to Vittorio, so maybe a similar character, and due to this, uh, also loved by the fans. Mm -hmm. 
Jā, vēl enēnikies arī leikstrodan arī event in Austrian Grand Prix in 1975 and yeah 1975. Uh, to the Sortis team, uh, when I'm doing my math correct, he had been uh, already 39 uh, years, but still uh, uh, enjoyed uh, driving. So he not uh, retired yet, but he continued uh, with uh, Sortis. Um, besides this, uh, Formula One, he also had been uh, active in the sports car team. And here he drove for Alfa Romeo. Which uh, helped him, uh, of course, uh, to join the uh, Alfa Romeo Formula One team uh, later. And uh, doing so, he was uh, quite successful. The Alfa Romeo uh, 33 was dominating um, that year. Uh, there hadn't been a driver championship, but I think uh, the cars uh, won eight of the eight races. So, uh, so it was uh, between him and Arturo Mesario, uh, who had been uh, winning uh, the different races. And uh, we will come back to this when we speak about the quotes at the end of this episode. Yeah, so, I mean, he was also injured uh, quite heavily yes. in 1978, right? And, uh, exactly. In 30s, uh, I mean, we will talk about Ronnie Peterson, but I mean, this is this was this tragic, tragic accident with Ronnie Peterson. Um, yes. And yeah, he got hit by a wheel, I think. And then for a year, he was basically not capable of well he was in recovery <laughs> but then again so this is what patrick was saying that he never gave up as soon as he so, <laughs> a little bit like a nicky lauda right <laughs> so, yes. as soon as we, you know more or less was was sort of able to 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 to, to sit down <laughs> he was back racing um and um yeah again uh, driving um for in Formula One for Surtis <laughs> in 1979. Yeah, correct. I mean, he was really uh, for him, it was really a heavy uh, accident where it was uh, there was an investigation, uh, so he was uh, cleared. Uh, it was definitely not his fault, but where tragically uh, Ronnie Peterson um, died. And uh, we will um, discuss this, uh, I'm sure, uh, on detail when we discuss uh, Ronnie Peterson. Uh, because, I, I mean, theory, 
I mean, uh, after the accident, I mean, his uh, condition had been much more um, dangerous than uh, uh, Ronnie Peterson, who didn't have been uh, diagnosed, diagnosed uh, as having such a severe accident. So it was uh, tragically quite surprisingly that uh, Ronnie Peterson died in the uh, hospital in Milan. And there have been many discussions about uh, Italian, uh, the quality of the hospital, the doctors, uh, etc. But this we will discuss in a different um, episode. So just uh, here for Vittorio Bambilla, it was very unlikely uh, no, uh, that he, he really would have uh, come back after such a severe uh, accident, especially as he was already in retirement age, at least for a Formula One driver. Mm, yeah, that's right. But that's also amazing how, you know, psychologically he was not affected, even though, you know, despite the the, uh, yeah. the injury and also despite the investigation, because that also yes. sometimes has a serious impact on Formula One drivers yes. who then decide not to come back. But I mean, this guy just, you know, whatever, you know, unstoppable, you know, still kind of driving a year later, which is uh, yeah. quite characteristic of him, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, for him, uh, and this was maybe the difference to um, Tino, uh, driving cars or motorcycles was uh, his uh, life. So, uh, I mean, he was always in the workshop, growing up as a child, getting his motorcycle. So he really enjoyed this uh, atmosphere of, of racing, of uh, workshop. Uh, so, uh, and Tino, uh, I mean, later they had their own uh, workshop uh, where, this, where uh, he and his brother had been the owner, but Tino was practically a little bit, he wasn't uh, in the workshop every day anymore. He was the owner, but enjoyed maybe other parts of life by uh, Vittorio stayed until uh, the end practically quite active around the own workshop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, you know, some people just, I guess, choose to, to retire at some point and so and others don't. <laughs> others never retire. Like we saw before when we discussed some other, uh, other characters in Formula One. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought uh, uh, it would be good that to present also, of course, some of uh, the numbers of the data to mm -hmm. really underline that uh, he was uh, a very talented driver. Uh, here we see the uh, season 1977, uh, Sotis. Um, Sotis uh, was a team which had all, always struggled uh, with budget, so... Uh, he had, um, they had practically one driver and the other ones had been relatively rotating uh, based on the fact if they could uh, uh, bring with them uh, the money for the seat. Uh, 77, uh, mostly Brambilla was driving with the Austrian uh, Hans uh, Binder and after uh, uh, Binder uh, left after Monaco, that year, there had been others like Larry Perkins and uh, Patrick uh, Tambay, who have been, uh, of course, developed in a quite successful driver then um, next year. So somebody really was talented. We see uh, in qualification and in uh, race, uh, 
Victoria Brambilla uh, really uh, dominated uh, the other teammate. And uh, we see also inside the race, uh, he had quite good uh, results. So he had seven places, eight places, uh, even fourth uh, and uh, fifth places. Uh, very good result if you're driving a Sotis car. Yeah, of course, we don't know the comparison of the this first car with the second car. I guess, you know, yes. there might have been a yes. difference in uh, in the quality. Yes. Considering that it's a low-budget uh, team. But yes, I mean... Uh, correct. Yeah, but 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 I mean, if we look at uh, some of the better results from Vittoria Brambilia, many of them are in the, in wet conditions, and uh, yeah. yeah, so that's so that's very characteristic of his driving ability. And um, of course, we don't know what would have happened if he had a better better car. <laughs> Uh, potentially, he could, you know. After all, he 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 did win in inferior cup before, so with March, uh, and um, you know, uh, he he had uh, pretty good uh, pretty good chances of being in top three, right? Like in Belgium. Um, so when he came for fourth, and yeah, so I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, just uh, this all shows that he was a very, uh, yeah, very talented driver. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, there are various, like we discussed before with with Patrick, when you're a Formula One driver, there are various circumstances at play. And even yeah. if you are great, and even if you are a world champion, sometimes you don't have a seat. <laughs> next yep. year and uh, you, you just have to deal with the circumstances and uh, take an opportunity that you have yeah and uh, um, of course not uh, always helpful if you're in a small team he was somebody who always drove on the limit and uh, so he also had been uh, included in various uh, accident uh, I mean you see this here also in the 1977 season which maybe on some part was uh, his character um, to drive at the limit. But of course, uh, he also has had to because the uh, Sotis car was not the fastest. So sometimes he, drive, uh, he tried to be drive uh, faster than the car uh, allowed him. But he, over all his uh, career, uh, independent if he sat inside a march uh, or a Sotis, he always was very, very uh, motivated. Yeah, that's right. Very motivated, very competitive. Exactly. And a very emotional guy as well as we saw from Austria, from Austria Grand Prix uh, in 1975. Uh, yeah, Alfa Romeo. Uh, it's just, it's such a pretty car. It is. <laughs> it yeah. is, uh, I, I can tell you because uh, I, um, I had the pleasure to see it um, at the Alfa Romeo Museum and it's really a very beautiful uh, car uh, and also of course a very successful uh, car they in the 77 season they won uh, really uh, all uh, races the only question was uh, who of these three cars would win the championship uh, practically the duel was uh, Vittorio uh, who won four races and I think Arturo Messario, the other driver who uh, uh, ironically uh, drove for Ferrari before uh, he also I think he had the other four victories for the Alpha team mm -hmm. uh, that year. 
Um, as I said, uh, at that time, uh, Vittorio uh, came involved at um, Alfa Romeo, which uh, helped, helped him uh, to, re to return after his accident uh, for the team, at least for, I think, three races, because uh, his experience was very important uh, for the team because uh, this Alfa Romeo 33 had the same engine uh, which uh, they used later for the Formula One team. So having a driver who know this engine from the years before, of course, uh, helped the development of the Formula One car. Yeah, it was an advantage. And, but I mean, it's just a, such a beautiful piece of engineering and uh, definitely made yes. uh, a huge uh, revolutionary contribution to sports racing. And uh, yeah, so like like Patrick, if you have a chance to have a look at it uh, live, yes. <laughs> that's, that's definitely worth it. I don't know whether Alfa Museum is open at the moment. I guess it is. Uh, yes, it, mm. it is. They opened um, earlier on. Um, quite interesting. If you are uh, planning to be uh, in Milan, uh, you can uh, just walk in. Uh, so to see the normal uh, exposition, but I think if you call um, earlier, uh, you can uh, also uh, schedule uh, to see the basement, which is not publicly available, so you only can go there with a, uh, with a guide. I think there's not even an additional price, so if you're planning to visit the museum, try to call, give them a call first to see if they can show them also the basement uh, there are of course more cars to see yeah at least so, it is yes yeah so of course we don't one, know uh, yes. uh, sorry sorry patrick don't, don't yes. want to interrupt but yeah of course we don't know what uh, kind of how covid uh, impacted on this uh, on these things so yeah but but yeah. definitely it's worth a try <laughs> it's better to see more than less <laughs> exactly uh, right, right at the moment, I know it's open, but uh, of course you don't know how the situation develops, so we don't know how it is when you are uh, listening here to us. Anyway, this car is uh, included uh, as one of the most successful race cars uh, in the public exposition, so it's not in the basement. Um, so, uh, as we already discussed, uh, after his accident, he was something like a development uh, driver for the uh, Formula One team, uh, but he also had the opportunity to drive the car uh, briefly between 1979 and 1980, uh, especially um, at his home uh, Grand Prix for Monza, which not only was uh, the, uh, helping the team to develop it, but uh, as he was one of the uh, fan favorites, uh, of course, uh, it gave a lot of publicity for Alfa Romeo having him uh, active at uh, Monza. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, right. And, uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, he definitely, uh, you know, made a significant contribution to the development of, of Alfa Romeo uh, cars. So in general and... Uh, kind of probably went out into the hall of fame for more for that than for all his yes. uh, sports uh, sporting achievements and like i said a lot of people kind of mix up alfa romeo and ferrari and sometimes like i often heard that you know people say no like that that vittoria brambilli actually raced for ferrari no it wasn't ferrari it was alfa romeo <laughs> and mostly in sports cars 
but um yeah, yeah it definitely uh, definitely he made a significant contribution to the development of this beautiful cars exactly and uh, here we have uh, two photos uh, we see him uh, on the one uh, with as uh, a development driver so this was the testing uh, car uh, and later uh, how it uh, he started i think this is maybe from uh, monza so uh, this is the Alfa Romeo as it was at the end of the season. I think they slightly changed uh, the body. I mean, it looked very typical Italian from the design with typical Italian sponsors like uh, Ardrip, I think more or less the same red than Ferrari. So uh, somebody who may not be an expert on uh, Formula One may confuse this with a Ferrari Formula One car, but this was the Alfa Romeo from 1979, the 177. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, so we would like in the pictures here uh, that we have on the slide, we actually have like all sorts of all shades of red from kind of. Uh, <laughs> Maserati-ish uh, dark red to more kind of bright red, but uh, uh, again, you know, this is sort of the characteristic of the the early like the earlier years uh, in yes. racing, where you know you you could have significant shifts in you yeah, know appearance yeah. of the car in terms of color. Exactly, and we discussed this also in one special episode why why colors change sometimes based on tradition, sometimes based on sponsor, sometimes because the, 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 the TV changed uh, from the classic TVs to flat screens. Uh, so a lot of different reasons why teams changed uh, the colors. Yeah, that's right. And we have, we have, we do have a special episode on Leverly, so please have a look. <laughs> uh, exactly. So also for Vittorio, uh, let's have a look uh, on the cars he drove. So I think most famous uh, he is uh, with uh, March. Uh, also in his March years, uh, he uh, achieved his only uh, victory. Um, you see him in the uh, orange, uh, which was his, um, his personal sponsor. Uh, so also much small team, uh, even if it was a factory team, uh, they had to, the, the drivers had to bring in money and uh, and uh, Vittorio drove these orange cars while uh, the other drivers had uh, different deliveries based on their personal uh, sponsors. That's right. Mm. Yeah, but the, so if you look at it, I mean, he drove uh, basically... Uh, uh, March 30th and Alfa Romeo and uh, was lucky enough to kind of experience different different makes uh, yeah. and uh, different events, sporting events as well, not just Formula One. I mean, we, we only have kind of uh, Formula One on the list uh, mm -hmm. uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, yeah. but uh, just keep in mind that there was also kind of quite a, a large number of sports uh, sports Alfa Romeos that he drove as a kind of test, testing or develop, development driver. So yeah, you know, overall, uh, I think he had a really interesting uh, life in, uh, in racing, even though he wasn't really uh, uh, a champion. 
a Formula One champion. He was a champion, you know, in various events uh, and even in Formula Three, but, uh, you know, not in Formula One. But nevertheless, you know, I think uh, his career is quite extraordinary considering all the teams that he got a chance to, to collaborate with. Exactly. Interesting, uh, if you uh, see us here on YouTube, uh, you see that from uh, he uh, took uh, over his uh, sponsor from March uh, uh, to Sotis. So uh, he officially in 75 to uh, 76 started for the beta team March. And later on, he's there, uh, he started for the beta team uh, Sotis. So uh, meaning uh, his car was called uh, the beta team while the other uh, the car of the um, of their colleagues had been named after uh, their main sponsor mm -hmm. for example uh, i think lela lombardi started in 75 uh, for the lavasso uh, march team based on the italian espresso yeah that's right so he really was uh, practically all his life uh, closely uh, related to an Italian uh, company, uh, Beta Tools, uh, Beta Utility in Italian. Uh, I think this uh, was really the perfect uh, combination. Beta uh, company exists uh, still today. Uh, so if you go to their website, for example, uh, they also have uh, a part uh, speaking about the um, uh, motorsports history. And uh, you see a lot of uh, photos of, uh, with uh, Vittorio Prambiglio uh, here. Uh, so this beta tools, their target group had been uh, uh, mechanics, uh, people who are working manually and somebody who's practically coming from a, from a workshop, being practically a mechanic, uh, having and really stated that way, we see uh, Vittorio became later the mechanic uh, of his son as he tried to enter motorsports. So he was really, I mean, the perfect person with 100% uh, credibility to really sell uh, beta tools and being practically beta's um, tools uh, face uh, to the motorsport fans. So this tool, they, and uh, even uh, if he had, uh, let's say, came from a mechanic uh, background, uh, he uh, achieved to have a very good personal relation with the company's uh, owner. And due to this, they really, they helped him uh, to get uh, from Formula 2 to Formula 1 and really uh, very good. And I think in mutual, uh, benef is a mutual benefit. I mean, that's also kind of show, uh, showcases uh, this uh, important skill for formula driver to, to uh, track sponsorships. I think uh, these days it's also quite important. Uh, I mean, not only the popularity and skill, but also the ability to attract uh, funds. Right. right. Uh, as we discussed, he really had been uh, a local in Monza, and I think the only, uh, they both have been the only famous drivers uh, from uh, Monza. So I uh, searched a little bit uh, with uh, Google Earth. The Brambilla family garage uh, had been in Villa Deia Verona. 
which mm -hmm. is really uh, near to the racetrack. It does not exist anymore. So, but here, due to the address, it should have been more or less. It was a magnet for all uh, local uh, motorsport fans uh, because Vittorio spent a lot of time uh, at the uh, workshop. Uh, and so a great um, opportunity uh, to get uh, in personal contact with Vittorio, to speak about him, let him uh, tell you all his uh, stories uh, from the racing and uh, really, really to be part of this uh, motorsports atmosphere. So really, it, it was a, a, um, a workshop uh, where they really People worked, repaired cars, motorcycles, but also it was a great place to meet their idol uh, Vittorio in person. Right, and considering kind of the emotional nature and uh, like I said, if you look at the footage, uh, he must have been very, very entertaining. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, also, as I said, uh, he really loved uh, racing and he enjoyed uh, racing. So even after uh, the accident, uh, after Formula One, uh, after uh, the time at Alfa Romeo, he still continued, especially in, in endurance races. And uh, quite funny here in uh, 1980, he shared the cockpit with his uh, former colleague from 1975, uh, Lella Lombardi. And they drove uh, together uh, the Osella PA8, for example, at the six hours of Silverstone. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the photo. So the car you see is the car from uh, the year later, the uh, 1981. It's not uh, the uh, version from 1980. As uh, you've mentioned, uh, also this car uh, was powered by a BMW engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that <laughs> that, that it's also <laughs> a BMW engine. But uh, yeah, I think uh, generally on photos, yeah, it's quite difficult to find photos for some. Even though like there, are, there is footage, like I said, I mean the photos are not very yeah. easy to find of Vittorio Brambilia. Yeah. Yes, uh, um, and of course uh, the problem is always the, to have the rights also to show the photos. But even 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 without the you yes. know even like yeah even yes. the, even the commercial photos were not easy to find yeah uh, yeah that's that's right uh, so uh, after his uh, uh, let's say his uh, retirement from Formula One uh, uh, he stayed quite uh, active. Uh, he opened uh, in the 1990s, he opened a shop in uh, Milan uh, where he sold uh, memorabilia from uh, racing. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find uh, any photos from that uh, shop. And so also, I assume it does not uh, exist anymore. Okay. Occasionally, he, uh, he drove, let's say, in some events, he drove the safety car, for example, at the Italian uh, Grand Prix. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, he died relatively young, uh, with uh, 60 years of age, uh, while he was uh, gardening at his uh, home. So it is reported that he collapsed while moving uh, the lawn. So you may say even that he directly uh, died while driving, even if it was only moving uh, the lawn machine. 
Yeah, well, he he died of a heart attack, which is also kind of consistent with you know if you yes. kind of have a, this expressive nature and uh, you're probably quite yes. emotional. Yeah. Yes. So um, yeah. So we we still do not know like all the all the possible causes of heart attacks, but uh, definitely emotional people are more uh, at higher risk uh, of having an attack. We know that, and yeah, so definitely Victoria, Victoria was one of those um, yes. uh, people on more emotional side. So yeah. Exactly, so practically it, it's a type of test you would expect for a person like Vittorio. That's right. Some quotes, uh, in fact, uh, they are mostly from others uh, about uh, Vittorio. Yes. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, first one is from uh, Robin Hurt. He was a uh, designer at March. Uh, he was never rated. We could never understand that. I think snobbery was involved. People dismissed him because he was a mechanic from Italy. From my point of view, his understanding of a racing car made him great to work with. He was one of the best test drivers we ever had. True, he knew no fear and sometimes took too many risks in a race, but he was a seriously good driver. He had a fantastic car control, which his performance in the wet proved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, were, we talked about this, that the ability was there, but kind of the luck wasn't. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yes, there is... Uh, there is a second quote here, which which oh, Patrick found from Peter Briggs. It said, says everybody like liked him, and uh, yes. you know, like I, I believe that. I mean, he was a very likable guy, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, you can you kind of always getting into these really strange situations. Yes, uh, maybe on, on the long run, everybody liked him, uh, but let's say temporary, uh, some maybe liked him less. Um, uh, not related to Vittorio, but uh, there's one uh, photo where we unfortunately don't have the rights for uh, from Tino. I think it was from his Formula 3 uh, times uh, when uh, I don't know for what reason, but uh, he had a fist fight uh, directly at the racetrack with one of the other drivers. So maybe they had an accident or, or what. So both had been very uh, emotionally, uh, but I think... Uh, uh, on the long run, both have been uh, very uh, likely uh, characters. And so especially Victorio uh, grow in a fan favorite for locals, but I think uh, also for fans all over the world. Okay, next quote directly from uh, Jean Sotis. I liked his Italian connection. I was impressed with Dr. Cesare of uh, Beta, and there was a possibility of working with Alfa Romeo. Plus, Vittorio was the kind of driver who could provide the occasional strong result, which is exactly what my team needed uh, then. Um, yeah. Exactly uh, what we are already uh, discussed. So he had, uh, even if, uh, um, as, and this is what um, the engineer from March said, maybe due to snobbery, people think he was a very simple uh, person, uh, mechanic, no higher uh, education, but he really uh, not only was a fantastic driver, but he also had the soft, the soft skill uh, and even could connect uh, with uh, somebody which has uh, the uh, higher education, like, for example, uh, Dr. Ciceri, the owner of Beta Tools. Mm -hmm. uh, 
what we uh, mentioned uh, as we saw the photo with Enzo Ferrari, it was in the 1974 season uh, where Brambilla asked him, Commendatore, I'm here. You can see I'm not bad. Would you have a car for me? And so, choosing Lauda and Regassoni, I've set a schedule that should walk da me down the world title. You are good, but for the moment, I don't have a car for you. So yeah. You see? Yeah, well, I, I mean, we will see that that was true, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he did have the world. The, so Enzo Ferrari did, did, did get the world title with these drivers. So that's, <laughs> that's right. So, um, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, bad, uh, bad luck um, for him. Uh, but let's say, on the other hand, uh, And this is something uh, which I think uh, Jackie X said. Uh, at the end, both had been lucky because they uh, survived uh, Formula One. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, another uh, um, story, and this is what I've mentioned, maybe temporary, not everybody liked him. Uh, a quote from uh, Arturo Messario. Uh, both had been driving uh, in 1977 the Alfa Romeo 33. I said the car was uh, completely dominating the sports car series. So it was uh, only the question of uh, whom uh, of them would uh, win the race. And uh, as always, uh, Vittorio was driving uh, very ag uh, aggressive on the racetrack, uh, not only uh, against uh, the other teams, but also against uh, his uh, teammates, uh, teammates so it's said that uh, Asuro Messario was thinking that uh, Vittorio wants uh, to kill him on the racetrack. And this, uh, that's why the next racetrack, uh, next race weekend, uh, um, also after the race, he said that the next uh, race weekend, he would only come uh, together with his lawyer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, uh, next quote uh, uh, from his wife. Yeah, a tireless uh, worker, his wife recalls. When he wasn't on the track, he was working in the garage, a humble person, simple, always willing to give a helping hand to friends stranded with a car, bike, or for other reasons. He had started his new machine shop in uh, Via Leco in Monza and was happy. Every day he used to go there from here on his bike, Always, in the winter time, even in the snow. The car, only on Saturday mornings going to the shops. He was watching Formula One, commenting on everything. He really liked uh, Michael Schumacher, even though sometimes he had also uh, criticized him. Okay, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm yeah, just uh, like I just put into this into perspective the incident with German police, <laughs> Michael Schumacher driving Ferrari, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the character of of Vittorio. So it's just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You can imagine the the critics. Exactly. This, this I wanted to say. I mean, you really can imagine from all what we know about Vittorio. Unfortunately, we never met him in person, but I mean we. I think we all could imagine the scene, uh, uh, he sitting uh, before uh, uh, the TV station, maybe with his family, maybe with friends, uh, and uh, commenting uh, on everything, uh, including uh, Michael Schumacher. 
must have seen a, a great scene. That's right. I was I once was in Rome during well, it was I think the football world championship. So it wasn't quite the the you know the Formula One uh, competition, but uh, yeah, I mean I can imagine what goes on. <laughs> In these circumstances, when an Italian family is watching TV and sport, a sports event on TV. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the last quote we uh, found is also from a, a very liked uh, character, uh, Giancarlo Minardi, Minardi. Uh, founder, of course, of the Minardi team. I knew Vittorio very well. In the 1970s, we used to ride together on trucks. At, on tracks. Uh, we were often close with our motorhomes and our tents. As back then you drove along circuits like that. Those were the days of races, of sports events cheerfully, a salem sandwich, a glass of wine with dirty hands, because in the meantime we were replacing engines and gear ratios. A piece of that which was automotive history, real sports history. Vittorio was a practical joker. He was a brambillone, Vic Brambilla. So maybe um, is is more famous nickname? I would assume um, uh, Monza Gorilla, uh, Gorilla uh, was maybe more from uh, foreign uh, press or foreign uh, drivers. Uh, would assume that Italians uh, more called him uh, Bambione, which is a little bit more positive sounding. Yeah, that's right. So, so uh, for Minardi, uh, there was no other words uh, to define him. And again, uh, Bambione. Uh, this relates uh, not only big uh, outer appearance, but I would understand also big heart. Mm -hmm. So that kind of completes our uh, our tale of Brambilia brothers, well, more or less. But not, there is not, still not, legacy. Yeah, there is yes, still kind of unpopular. Yeah, and and. Uh, uh, sort of, uh, yeah, some the trivia and popular facts as well about them. Yes. Mm -hmm. as, as I said, thanks to the, his Picard, um, I think he stayed uh, also in the heart of many motorsport fans, especially in uh, Italy. So, first of all, let's speak about the Brambilla Brothers movies. In the movies. <laughs> yeah. The Brambilla Brothers uh, movie, which unfortunately don't exist and I don't know why and and I think uh, in the 1980s uh, Cinecita, uh, the Italian movie industry really uh, lost a big uh, opportunity I mean they had the ideal actors with uh, <laughs> Bud Spencer and Terence Hill I mean they even look uh, uh, like them and if you are maybe outside uh, Europe uh, these two uh, had a lot of famous uh, movies, which have been really famous in, in all over Europe. Uh, so everybody, uh, if you have been grown up uh, at the end of 70s, if you have grown up in the 1980s, you have been grown up together with Bud Spencer and Terence Hill. And again, I, it, these two, uh, characterizing Tino and Vittorio Brambilla, this would have been a great movie, I think. Yep, yep. So even if there is no uh, Bambilla Brothers movie, uh, there is uh, 
There's a homage uh, by the Italian motorsport journalist Antonio Boselli. I think it's just a five minutes movie, a little bit uh, sur surreal, where you see Vittorio Brambilla uh, coming back to Monza for one more lap. Because mm -hmm. uh, tra tragically, but it's, he never won a race uh, on his home uh, track, uh, Monza. And this is what uh, Antonio Boselli wanted uh, to show in a more uh, surrealistic uh, way. Uh, we will put the link uh, here in the information because uh, he, uh, Antonio, uh, uploaded it directly to YouTube. So you can see this little video for free. And I really uh, would uh, recommend this. Very nice uh, to see. And then just five minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Vittorio uh, <laughs> yes, had a son, uh, Carlo, and I think this is also a typical Vittorio uh, story. Uh, so Carlo, as his son, uh, at the beginning was uh, motivated, uh, like his dad and his uncle, he wanted to become a racing driver. So uh, Vittorio went uh, to uh, to the races in Formula 3 uh, together with his son. As you may imagine, uh, he was uh, his son's me mechanic. And uh, as uh, his uh, wife uh, also said, uh, Vittorio had to comment on, on everything. So I assume it was not easy for, for Carlos because he... I, 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 I just imagine the scenes, uh, uh, him uh, commenting on everything, where he should go faster, where he should break earlier, whatever. And uh, at one uh, moment, uh, Vittorio lost his, temp uh, his temper. He took uh, the helmet of his son. Uh, he dove in the overall uh, inside the Formula 3 car. He did less than uh, five laps and had been... Uh, Doing so, he had been already two seconds faster than Carlo. Uh, this to show uh, his son that, uh, unfortunately, uh, he was uh, lacking of uh, talent. After this, he came back to the box. He yelled to his son, this is not a job for you. And uh, Carlo Brambilla, uh, unfortunately, learned his lesson. So this uh, was really the last time that he tried uh, uh, to become a, a a Formula Sweet Driver. Yeah, but I think it's probably not because he he uh, um, uh, you know um, uh, he didn't have talent. I think he probably just didn't have the uh, the stubbornness of his dad. to some it was uh, you know um, we we discussed several characters in this uh, series uh, who were told that they shouldn't be racing drivers and they were like yeah whatever you know <laughs> so they would go to the next car and practice again and do things well, again and probably would uh, you know and and would win races uh, if not championships so yeah it probably wasn't yeah, so much uh, about the talent but was about the fact that you know he probably wasn't um, yeah, yeah, you, you, you're right. Uh, uh, I would take it back. Maybe yeah, right. It was not uh, maybe less that uh, he was not talented, but maybe what uh, Victoria saw that uh, an opposite to himself and maybe an opposite uh, to Chino, 
uh, he wasn't uh, all about never giving up, always being at the limit, uh, or maybe he not 100% concentrated on racing. And uh, with this uh, five laps, uh, he showed him that maybe something is lacking uh, to become a driver like his uncle or his uh, father, because let's say if he would have had the same character, uh, he maybe have, would have yelled back or mm. whatever. Yeah, But so grit, grit, is grit is incredibly important. Yeah, so when you yes. know you, when you fail and you just say, yeah, whatever, you know, I'll, I'm gonna do it again until I succeed. So that's uh, that's probably yes. a sign of character. But I mean, in this case, yeah, we, we never know. You know, maybe it was just a. We never know also the circumstances around around this case, but uh, yeah, it probably was. Exactly. It ultimately it probably was like the lack of greed uh, uh, from yes. Carlo Brambilia and kind of the, the fact that he decided not to persevere after this incident. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Maybe he just uh, maybe his wish to become driver was also somehow he saw it as a tradition which he had to follow something natural. Or whatever we don't we don't know but let's say i mean this whole story is i think typical for vittorio as we imagine him mm -hmm. uh, next point uh, there are there's also a, a song about him uh, it was done by the uh, austrian uh, group gilet royal an independent electronic uh, duo they made this song 2004 Uh, as uh, Vittorio's biggest victory was in Austria, so not surprisingly that it was done by an um, Australian uh, group. Um, interesting, uh, uh, the, um, the song um, explains uh, the career of uh, Vittorio uh, in German. Uh, it's about 10 minutes long. Um, quite interesting music, very hypnotic uh, sound very Austrian from my point of view. Uh, so very interesting to hear. Uh, it was published by an independent label, which unfortunately uh, do not exist anymore. Means you cannot find a song on Spotify. Um, if you are on YouTube and you are searching for it, I may assume you may find it. Uh, I must say, I'm not sure if uh, what uh, how are the uh, rights for this video for this uh, we not linking to it mm -hmm. but let's say if you're interested and it, uh, to be honest it's an interesting song so yeah. if you're if interested you're on youtube if, yeah if you're interested persevere don't give up like carlo did do like never give up like victoria bramville and you will find exactly. the song <laughs> you <want> something <laughs> And let's say this is the key takeaway of uh, today's episode. Uh, never give up, never give up. Also looking in uh, searching in, uh, in YouTube and you might find it. Yep. Uh, workshop. Uh, yeah, the already workshop. This. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, as discussed, the original workshop uh, does not exist anymore. So this is a different one. And I think this is the one with This is not the one of um, his parents, of their parents, uh, sorry, but I think this is the one which originally was founded by Tino and Vittorio and uh, was then uh, taken over 
bei der, äh, bei der, bei der Sons. I think they are only sons, no daughters, if I'm correct. Um, so, and like the original workshop, it's uh, maybe also a nice place if you are a fan to see some of the memorials, speak uh, with the people, or just see it if you're living in Monza, like still quite near the racetrack. And you see, here's your address. You uh, find them, and I think this, uh, we can uh, include this link in our, our show notes. Uh, it, they are also on uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, uh, Super Mario. in Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> right. Remember uh, Vittorio's nickname, uh, the Monza Gorilla? Uh, quite interesting. Uh, I think it is in no way related. Uh, the French artist uh, Richard Olinsky uh, created uh, the uh, trophy for the French Grand Prix. So this is... Uh, What you, uh, what you get um, if you win the French Grand Prix uh, the last years, a little statue of a gorilla. Don't ask me why, but let's say here we still have a gorilla in Formula One. If you're having a Nintendo uh, you, and you're playing Mario Kart, you know that you can choose also Donkey Kong as your character uh, uh, to drive inside the game. So You see, also gorillas are in motorsports. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, my son's favorite character, I think, is blue shy guy in this. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, 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 in Super Mario. But yeah, there are other cool characters there. <laughs> exactly. So again, if you like Donkey Kong, uh, choose him as your character for Mario Kart. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, with that, so, uh, we come to the end of this episode. So yeah, as you can see, that was kind of uh, great and wonderful and sometimes funny and sometimes tragic uh, yes. events around Rambilia Brothers. Uh, but um, yeah, I just want to remind you that um, our main platform is YouTube, but you can find us on all other platforms practically yes. thanks to patrick who is uh, kind of making sure that we are present everywhere else and with that we think, say goodbye to you and we'll see you next time but if you want to add any um, comments about brambilia brothers uh, if we missed something or if yes. we, you know you know some fun facts please do share with us exactly thanks a lot Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.